Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program exploring all the high-stakes speed bumps and off-ramps of driving to the top of your market with our host, Chris Beal from Connect and Sell and Corey Frank from Branch 49. When you're nearing the end of the quarter, especially the fourth quarter, do you tend to panic and offer a discount in order to close any deals hanging fire? Oren Claff, New York Times bestselling author of Pitch Anything and Flip the Script, discusses the downside of this neediness on today's Market Dominance Guys podcast. Our two hosts, Chris Beal and Corey Frank, explore with Oren what happens to the status you have so carefully built with your prospective customer if you blatantly display just how needy and desperate you are to close the deal. Does showing your soft underbelly increase your chance of closing the deal? Or does your neediness kill the deal altogether? Oren's advice is to stick to the sales process and hold no matter what. Join these three sales analysts as they caution the sales reps of the world about the pitfalls of a needy mindset when the sales deadline is looming on today's Market Dominance Guys episode, Hold Everything. And here we are. Welcome to another episode of the Market Dominance Guys with Corey Frank and Sage of Sales, the Prophet of Profits, the Hawking of Hawking. Does that make sense? And we have Oren. I'm sorry, I don't have any nicknames I've rehearsed in my shower for the last few weeks for you. We have Oren Cleft, best-selling author of Pitch Anything, Flip the Script, and Sales Connoisseur Du Jour. I don't know. That's all I got. So welcome, Chris. We got a great special guest in the hot seat today. And what brings the three of us together? What could possibly Top the last podcast we did, oh, I don't know, oh, short, short, six, eight months ago or so, we probably have something to announce. Do we not? Oren, Chris, that we could talk to a little bit later in the podcast. I think we do. For one thing, let me just point out, I recommend some sales books, but I don't force any of them down anybody's throat, except for Flip the Script. And the reason I do is Flip the Script says, don't force this book down somebody's throat. And I just love the delicious irony of utterly failing to apply every single principle in this book while while pushing this book on people. I don't know. It's uh, the dynamic tension in that just works for me. So it's like don't push this button, but yeah, yeah. Button, right? yeah, it's like peeps. Look, if you have only two books you can read in this coming year, and for some of you that is a stretch, read, flip the script, and learn how to do simple things, like get a little status alignment going and learn how to flash roll. I'm still trying to teach our people how to flash roll. They tend to want to drift into teaching at that point to learn how to flash roll. And then when you're done with all that and you realize that you're not going to do all this, that you're a manager and your people are going to do it, pick up Helen Finucci's Love Your Team and go and read that. And that you put those two together and I don't know, I'm not going to be responsible for you failing. I'm just not going to be responsible. You know, in the military, those uh, super sauced up, so calm guys, they have these banana clips. They put in the clip and then they shoot the 28 bullets or the 30 bullets are in that clip. And then they flip it right around and then they shove the next clip in because it's already attached. I feel like flip the script and then love your team. You shove that in, you shoot all those 30 bullets, you're out, then flip it over and then love your team flips in. Uh, I love it. I love it. That's right. Well, hey, I thought getting the you two fine gentlemen together, here we are coming up on the end 
of another quarter and the end of another year coming up in Q4. And Warren, we always talk about no neediness, right? That's, I think, what you've hit me over the head for the years we've known each other. Chris, certainly that's what you talk about on this podcast many, many times. But here we are coming up at the end of the year. And so I wanted to grab you two gentlemen and talk, certainly maybe about a pending event that we have coming up, but also what do you do so we don't just drop the price and create all these insulting kind of promotions to finish the year strong, but still have a little pipeline left going into Q1. So from a neediness perspective, Oren, what do you think to that? I like to think in visuals that there was this movie, The Perfect Storm, right? Towards the end, they're like going up this wave. And however they shot this wave is like a thousand times bigger than the boat. And they're going like straight up it, right? And their captain's telling the kid at the wheel, hold, he wants to turn it. And he's going, hold, and they're climbing up this wave, right? And he's just terrifying. He wants to turn, hold, hold, hold. That's what I think is like never be needy is you want to turn the boat. You want to turn around. You want to run to safety. And you need Corey or me or Chris saying, hold, don't turn the wheel. Just hold, right? And, and, And you get yourself in this impossible situation in which there's no possible way to get out but you have the, the somebody who's been in that situation saying, hold, right? Don't be needy. Don't turn the wheel. And then it goes, becomes, now, now, turn the wheel. <laughs> but you have to be able to hold through that period where most other people would cave, collapse, run away scared, start discounting. So if you can remember, hold. Hold your position. If you built the position, but then you're afraid of the position you built and back away from it, you, you haven't done any good. You cannot be needy. I don't care if this is the last account on earth for you because the other side of being needy is it definitely will not close. You have to hold strong. Hold. Get a tattoo on your forearm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not advocating that you get a tattoo, but go ahead and get a tattoo that says hold based on this podcast, right? And Corey will sign it for you. I don't want my name on it because I don't know who you're married to, but you know, all right. Chris, from your perspective, right? You have obviously a connected cell, right? You have a weapon that brings more prospects to your doorstep, more than they can even handle. So what do you tell your clients, your fellow CEOs, your fellow CROs, CEOs, VPs of sales, when they come to this time of the year that, hey, I can bring you the prospects, I can bring the conversations to you, but be careful you don't do X. Well, one of the things is, it's just, there's a mathematical thing, right? It's like driving on a one lane road, you have a problem. And that is if anybody's slow in front of you, then you got to decide to either be as slow as they are or go off road. And sometimes you got to go off road and sometimes you got to go up the wave and sometimes you got to hold and hold and hold a really good idea. And it's getting a little late, you know, But a good idea is to just, if you widen a little, you widen a lot. That is, if your portfolio is a little bit bigger, it's a lot bigger. And that's just the way it is. With risk management, we all think, oh, if I add one more opportunity to my one opportunity, I've reduced the risk by something. You don't know what it is. You've you've cut it in half, my friend. But you had a third one, and you've actually cut it two less than a third. Now you've cut it to one over three to the third. Ooh, you've cut it by 26, 27. Life gets a lot better because you only need one lane to go down. Now, 
do you need it or not need it? Uh, well, you might need it, but you better not act like you need it because it's like Orin drives fast cars, right? And when Orin is shooting a gap between two cars or he's making a decision to pass in some place that's a little tiny bit marginal or whatever, once he makes that decision, he's got to actually hold that line. He can't kind of half unmake the decision partway into whatever it is that that maneuver is, right? That's just yeah, a yeah. rule in all, I'll call them ballistic acts. A ballistic act is where the performance the outcome, the, the thing you want, depends on what came before, therefore what came before, therefore what came. It, it starts somewhere. And once you commit to it, you're really screwed unless you go through with it. And I used to be, as you know, Corey, and Oren keeps trying to forget, I used to be a very serious rock climber, mountaineer. And there's a word used in climbing. And there's a word that's used as an adjective and it's used as a noun. As an adjective, the word committed, it's a really committed route, means once you start, you better finish it or you're toast. You start that move, you got to finish the move. That's like the same thing. It's like, look, once you're here and you're in a committed situation, you have to ignore all outcomes and you simply have to go. That's just that's just a truth and, of the world. And so I think what what happens is ultimately we tell people run the process. And so if they go, um, I forgot the process or what process, then there's a problem. But if you have a process and you just go, yeah, outcome independent, don't be needy, run the process, trust the process. And then if you don't like still the nervousness that brings with it, then have Chris bring you lots of other pipelines. Yes, right. Yeah. So we run that process in a very high stakes, high tension situation where there's a couple of leads. We got to close two out of four. Right. And it's very challenging. That's why where we learned this never be needy. But if we know Chris is going to bring us another 18, then we're flipping. We come to meetings in T-shirts. We say things you wouldn't. We take risks we otherwise wouldn't take. We come late. We come early. We do what we want because we're like, yeah, it didn't work out. Like, let's not do that again. But still, hey, Chris. Well, bring that wheelbarrow over here, Jump, <laughs> drop some more leads off. Right. We just figured out a couple of things that are not going to work. So the great thing is if you have a process, you can run it. That allows you to hold and stay the course. Mm -hmm. But if you can run a process and you've got pipeline, there's a name for that. I'm not sure how it's pronounced in German or Swiss or whatever you speak, Chris, but in English, we call it a business, right? <laughs> so you, <laughs> where you have prospects, you have a process, you've got a technique in which you can close them. And then you also have new leads coming in in case something goes wrong, you don't close the lead that you wanted to. That's called a business. So Warren, talk a little bit about with neediness, right? We've had a number of conversations about this. You need some status with that neediness. And I think that if you've built up a good status in your previous conversations with this prospect, with this company, with his executive team, you're expecting that that status is going to hold right? But as you've always talked and you've written about, it's temporary. And so you need to establish it throughout. And it seems like a lot of sales reps will abandon all that status they've worked to hold and maintain at the last month of the year, the last few weeks of the year to try to get a deal. Yeah. I think there's one way to address this. Okay. Yes. We're having an event. Sorry. What was your question? <laughs> 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 let, 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 let me try and this, run this down. So Chris, Corey, and I said, let's have an event. 
you know, and it was in June and then it became July and then it became August. You know, back then in August, we could have any event like Chris or and Corey debate politics and crypto. And that would have been a good event. Then it became September, end of the year, busy. We didn't do the event. So finally, we got serious. We said, it's, it's now, all right, December, and we're still having an event. And then Corey pointed out, it better be really good if we're going to have an event in December. So yes, we're having a really good event in December, which is actually it's too good because that when you hear about it, you know the event's too good when I don't want to speak at it. I just want to go to it right, and benefit from the event. Because like, hey, my business can use the event, but I'm actually in the event and part of it, but I'm too busy to do what I'm doing at the event for our own business. So this thing is amazing and I really want to be there. So status. We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer, investor, or partner is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's time to really go big, you need to use an uncommon methodology to gain attention, frame your thoughts, and employ a successful sequencing that is fresh enough to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. From crafting just the right cold call screenplays to curating and mapping the ideal call list for your entire TAM, Branch 49's modern and innovative sales toolbox offers a guiding hand to ambitious organizations in their quest to reach market dominance. Learn more at branch49.com. And we're back with Corey and Chris. I think what happens is salespeople very carefully and intuitively curate their status going in, right? And so they either appoint themselves well, they give a good presentation, but now you're sort of a move out of your domain into their domain. Right. And people come out of nowhere that know more than you. And you get it's like a video game. You're going up higher levels. Right. And bigger bosses come out. My favorite analogy, as you know, is like you think you're fighting the boss to win the level. And this giant foot comes out of nowhere and like crushes the boss you're fighting. Right. Like the big boss cares so little about you know, He just crushes his own team. What's going on here? And, And that's where salespeople lose their status is where somebody who has much stronger frame much more expertise, much more knowledge and actually controls the contract comes out of nowhere. And that's where status goes to die. And I think it's not a status event, but we're definitely covering there how to hold your status, not at the beginning, because there's like no teaching about status that you need at the beginning, right? Like, yeah, I I dress good. I talk politely. I have a presentation. Everybody can hold it together at the beginning until the stress comes on. And then the things we're talking about, never be needy, hold your status together, you know, make sure you've got pipeline, widen your lane, stuff that Chris and Corey know how to do, really come uh, together once you're, once you're later in the deal and there's real stressors. And if you think about it, last thing, I'll turn back over to you. You're at the beginning of a deal all the time, right? There's a lot more first downs than there are fourth downs, I think. I'm not sure. We have to check that. But anyway, you're at the beginning of deals all the time. And so you're good at the beginning. Chris and I had a call with Andreessen, one of the big venture firms today, which is great. But how often are you on a call with Andreessen Horowitz versus on a call with somebody about something? So you're good at beginnings, but how good are you at controlling those later stages? When status falls apart, you fall apart. Well, I think that's reminds me of a story, by the way. Go ahead, Chris. There's a story. Is it, is it a story, story about our event? 
Yeah, there's a story about <laughs> this is the kind of thing you learn at this event is to do what's in the story. So first of all, this event is so important, I might actually show up. I might not because I have a very dear family member who's having surgery the day before and might need my care. Yep. And I'll be approximately 1,400 miles away. But I could be there. This The story is sometimes you have to be somewhere else in the yard. You find yourself at the end. You don't even know it's going to be the end. So this particular story, I was called by the general counsel of the General Electric Company, who told me, I need to talk to you and I need to talk to you tomorrow. And so it was a Sunday. So I went and did my usual thing. I was living in Denver, went down to the airport, asked them at the Red Carpet Club where I was going. They told me I got on an airplane. I got off. I went into a building up there in Connecticut. And the general counsel of General Electric put me in a room. It's a big boardroom, the one right under the CEO's office, right under Jack Lodge's office. And he sat down and he dressed like Mr. Rogers, which I think was one of his best tricks, right? And he pound, literally pounded the table, which I thought was hilarious. I almost laughed out loud, but I held it. You are destroying the General Electric Company. Now, that's a case where you're kind of at the end because this had to do with a huge renewal opportunity for 11 out of the 12 General Electric Companies. Now, what are you going to do there? You must have something wired into you that allows you to hold your status then. And I have a fondness for humor. So I just said, well, there must be some amount of money you'd like to pay me to get me to stop destroying the general electric company. <laughs> <laughs> it's an example. It's, and then it's, he pressed the button underneath his desk and security came and escorted you out the building. No, no, he started laughing. And you know what? We ended up doing the deal I wanted to do. Oh, I have a great story about the other call that I have to be on right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the good news, well, so the bad news is, you know, it's not a good story. The good news, it's a very short one. So, uh, Corey, can you can you run down the dates of the yes, event and the a little dates, bit of information for people? And then the I will call most of you in a while. Yes, we are going to do this on December 7th and December 8th coming up here in a very short period of time. And what we're going to do is we're going to put you and your existing sales process through the ringer. We're going to take and rip up your sales script, turn it into a screenplay, and start from scratch building up a brand new December Q4 sales machine for you with a screenplay that's tailored to your business. And Chris's team, Orange team, our team, the Branch 49 team, we're going to walk you through step-by-step -step through this pitch anything formula, through the best practices, and how we create a screenplay and apply it to industry and business. So the best part, Chris, right, Oren, as you know, is we're going to perfect your pitch, and you're going to practice it. If this is your first time at Fight Club, you will fight. If it's your first time dialing with Connected Cell, you will dial. And we're going to jump right on the phones, right alongside you. And by the end of the event, you're going to have a brand new pitch process. You're going to have a brand new screenplay that drives qualified leads back to you that are ready to buy. And we are going to guarantee that you're going to close enough meetings to at least equal the cost of the event or Chris's team, Orange team, our team, we're going to work with you until you do. So that's a pretty good guarantee, would you say, Chris? That's crazy. So, Corey, has anybody ever in the history of, I don't know, like life on Earth, mm -hmm. have they ever actually done this particular kind of event, this, this exact thing? I recall when you visited our sales team at my previous company, you swooped in with the jump boots and one or two of your cohorts. And you walked us through a mini version of this. 
And I think this was one of the origins, I know you've had others, of the flight school. Because as soon as we started utilizing the weapon of connect and sell, and I think it was the first monosyllabic construction we put together, you said, stop. What are you saying? Stop. Don't ever say that again. And you completely deconstructed and then built up our screenplay to an effective breakthrough screenplay that changed the trajectory of our business. And hence, since many thousands of folks in flight school later, many thousands of folks at our Pitch Anything events later, many thousands of events or phone calls that we've made here at Branch 49, I think we're pretty dialed in on how to do cold outreach. Yeah, and it's fascinating to me because some people don't like that word cold outreach. They think it implies, well, I don't know, it's December and it's cold or something like that. Or maybe you don't like people, you know, you're so cold when you're reaching sure, out. Sure. Of course, it's a it's technical, it's a term of art. It means outreach to people you haven't spoken with before. And if you have half a brain in your head, these are people that you would like to speak with. You have a hypothesis, and that is that a conversation with anybody on that list of people, anybody in that target set has a reasonable shot of moving forward to something better than where you are than talking to a random person. It's not a big hypothesis, but it's an important one. Mm -hmm. What's so interesting to me, and this is what this event is going to be about, is it doesn't have anything specifically to do with what you're selling. It has to do with one universal truth, which is you're speaking to a human being. And that is bedrock. That's the, that's the thing I always come back to. And somebody goes, well, oh, does it work in this industry, that industry? We don't want to come to a thing like that because what we do is we sell something so high values, customized, so bespoke, so thought through, that nothing that you guys could teach us or that we could practice at an event like this could possibly fit us. But you know what? It's kind of like a pair of gloves. As long as I know you have fingers, even if you're missing one or, you know, say, you know, you, you have an extra one because, well, maybe you do, right? Maybe uh, maybe you're, somebody killed your father and they should prepare to die. But you still have got something that pretty much looks like a hand. It's going to fit pretty much in a glove. And you're about to go pretty much out into 20 below. And you're better off with gloves than with no gloves. You're yeah. going into a world where it's better to have something on your hands. And that's really where we're taking. That's what's called is that world you're going into. And I think it's going to be quite a fascinating experience for folks. I dearly do hope I can physically show up. It's at an extremely well, it is, it is your we'll weapon. It is your weapon and probably a member or two of your team. So Connected Cell will be represented fully in, in spirit and in practice. And you're mentioning cold outreach, Chris. I think maybe we could finish with this concept because we've talked about it a lot. I know the esteemed Jerry Hale posted something on LinkedIn several months ago about this concept of survivorship bias and particularly how germane that is probably to Q4. As listen, we've always done a discount at the end of Q4. We've always extended our contracts for another month to allow our folks to make it easier to jump on board, right? So maybe just talk a little bit about not just cold outreach in the approach, but how survivorship bias really kind of diminishes your opportunity to grow as a sales organization because of that's how we've always done it this way. 
Yeah. You know, survivorship bias is funny because everybody, I think, I hope they know the story. It was uh, it was invented as a concept looking at the damage done to bombers that were flying over Germany in World War II. And the ones that came back that, where they had the holes in them, what they were doing is busily saying, well, this is where they got hit. We should put armor there. Right. <laughs> and that's incorrect. This is where they got hit and they made it back. Right. So the, right. those places don't need armor. Put more armor in the places where they got hit and didn't make it back. Now, it's a little actually more challenging to figure out what that really means. But right. anything's better than putting armor in a place <laughs> that you didn't need it because we know it always adds weight. Right. Yes. So when we come to the end of a quarter uh, or a year and we're looking at last year, and we're going, well, this worked last year. What worked? is like a plane coming back, right? It quote unquote worked. Do we really know which part of the plane went down or the ones that didn't work? And maybe it was one of those that would have made it. Did we even select correctly which deals to focus on and where to put our armor, so to speak? Survivorship bias is the most insidious, I think, of the intellectual failings that we embrace in groups. So groupthink is bad, but groupthink is amplified by survivorship bias because we can all see the same thing and seeing is believing. So we reason in very simple ways about these situations. And the simplest way is let's do what we did last year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've talked about false positive versus false negatives and how most organizations, I think we talked about this with Jeb when we were on the phone, is that how most organizations look at false positives, and they should be similar to survivorship bias, looking at the false negatives, correct? Yeah. Yeah. False negatives kill businesses. False positives, they're like, uh, they, they cost you a little something. You have to do some work that you throw away. Yeah. Uh, dying is not as attractive, frankly, as doing some work you throw away. Now, the fact of the matter is management of ignorance is what it's all about. And it's really interesting. If you want to hold, right, you want to do a, what Oren said, which is hold, one of the things you oddly have to do to be so committed is you have to embrace your ignorance. You have to admit you don't actually know, based on the information you're getting right now, what your reaction should be. Mm-hmm. And since you don't know, your best course of action is probably to be proactive to run your process, PRO, as the beginning of both of those words. Because your lack of knowledge is actually your savior in this case. It's like, I don't know, so I may as well do what we decided to do, whatever that happens to be. And it is that change, of course, it's like, well, what if we offer them a discount right now? I have a couple of them right now. I've got a couple of deals that are one of them, one of my very best customers will expire at the end of the day. I'm sitting here talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, that's right. Well, I'm sure the rep on the deal is, you know. I am the rep. Oh, you're the rep too. Even better. Well, I'm, you know, we, we have another another principle here. And I think a lot of people practice it, but we're pretty hard over on Ontario Connect and Sell. We all sell from the front lines. And we don't sell the special deals. We just sell deals. And in fact, I sell the most experimental deals, the ones that are the weirdest. Yes. People turn their nose up at and go, why'd you do that? Because I can endure the most reputational damage without being damaged, right? Being the CEO... As long as you hold and, you know, people make fun of you, like, oh, that's a stupid deal. That was idiotic. It's like, yeah, well, it's part of my job is to explore the possible on behalf of all of us. So I, I get to 
go to the top of some mountain that it turns out there was nothing over on the other side that was worthwhile. But, you know, I'm kind of a sunk cost, right? As the CEO, you're kind of a sunk cost. So we sell from the front lines, but you know, one of the reasons we do it is that there's a hidden set of signals that go on in a company that cause reps to waver. And it's this thing that says, hey, do the right thing in the deal. Go do the right thing, right? We all know what that is. Oh, and by the way, make the number no matter what. Sure, <laughs> it's like, sure, sure. those are those are a little bit at odds with you. There. And that's fine. I mean, dynamic tension is the, is the essence of good stories. But at some point, you have to decide, what are we going to do? As a company, what's our real goal? Was it to make this number? It's very rare, by the way, that making a specific number on a specific date makes all the difference. I'll never forget my eldest. And I think I told the story once in a previous episode. We were in a meeting and everybody's talking about making this number on this date and all these numbers, 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 numbers. And we came out and my eldest kid, Serenity at the time, said, so dad, I have a question. So what's the question? She said, well, do they think by talking about the numbers, they're going to change them? <laughs> And I said, yes, they do. And she thought for a while and said, you know, that's really sad. And walked off, led me over to Starbucks for hot chocolate. <laughs> Talking about the stuff is actually a bad habit. Talking about what's going to close, talking about when it's going to close, talk, 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 talk is a bad habit. Mm-hmm. Go run the process and take your spare time and fill up with other opportunities because they'll make you stronger. Yeah. One of my good friends, our good friends, Robert Vera, always talks about you can't out-exercise your fork. So as much as <laughs> as much as you want to do a lot of activity, right? You you, you got to make sure that the biggest constraint in your system is tackled. And it takes you're a mathematician and a phys- it takes 3,500 calories to burn every pound of fat. These yeah. are the laws of thermodynamics. The same for celestial mathematics and the laws of physics, right? And those exist in client acquisition and revenue. And you have to eliminate that biggest constraint in your system, as we've said time and again. And for most folks, it's establishing that trust-based conversation game at scale. And no conversations, no product market fit, no conversations, no core Q4 achievement, no ticket, no laundry, right? right? And so if you're not doing five to six pitches in your TAM, as you said many times, guess what? Somebody else is. Yeah. And those are the good ones. It's prima facie evidence they're good. They're actually happening. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so fascinating when folks talk about the quality versus quantity thing. And there's all these sort of notions that people have, like, oh, if I just think harder about the quality, you know, then then there'll be better meetings. Like, <laughs> you know, embrace your ignorance. Your ignorance is your friend. Treat it as your friend. Just go in knowing nothing and have a conversation. I mean, you know one thing. You you have a range of capabilities. You have a range of things that you can bring to bear. You're representing your company. That's why you're called a rep. You're representing what your company's capable of doing. Now, you know what that range of capabilities are, but you really don't know where the problems for the other person, the challenges, the gaps where they are. So, okay. You know, your ignorance is your friend. That's what enables you to be curious and ask those curiosity-based questions. And when you're needy, you want to see where neediness shows up first. Neediness kills more deals in discovery than it kills 
at the end of a year by a lot, not a little. There you go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think we also need to mention the event one more time since Warren's not on here, right? Yeah, when is it? December 7th, December 8th at the Top Gun Studios in Carlsbad, California. Wow. Yes, we're in sunny Southern California, right on the beach. We've had many events over the years there. Chris, you've been there many times. We'll try to maybe take a few of the cars out for a spin, maybe a couple of Ducati. Since Orange's not on here, we can guarantee that. So we'll have a blast. So we're limiting it. And if you would like some more information, please reach out to me at Corey at branch49.com. Go to orincleft.com. Go to chris.beal at connectandsell.com. Chris.beal, correct? Yeah, Chris correct himself. Okay, great. And with that, Chris, I think we're going to put together another episode in the can here since we do have our own Q4. Of course, you're not sitting around. You're waiting for the prospects to come to you. Um, so, you know, if he buys, he buys. It's only your number one client. So we'll, we'll wait to hear how that story ends in the next episode. So, so for Chris Beal, this is Corey Frank with the Market Dominance guys. Until next time. All right. Thanks, Corey. Connect and Sell, welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Give your fingers a rest with Connect and Sell's patented technology. You'll load your best sales folks up with eight to ten times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing how many tears they shed while watching the end of Toy Story, kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe. Subscribe.